Hello, everyone, and welcome to That's a Dumb Rule podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Greg. Greg, I'm very excited to have this discussion with you today. I will admit I haven't gotten a chance to do all my research, but we're going to do some hot take discussion. We're going to go back and forth discussing the brand new CBA. It's the Collective Bargaining Agreement for the NBA. Basically, this is the rules and regulations of how business will be operated, or realistically, it's tweaking how they do it going forward. And I think we'll just jump into it and kind of, why don't you lead us through it? And we'll talk each one through of some of the key points that are brand new and how they might affect the league and whether we like it or not. Yeah, it sounds great. And just so everyone knows, the bargaining agreement between the, is between the owners and the players. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the players have a, they're essentially a union, right? And and they all sort of operate under uh, an agreement with the owners. And that agreement can be this one that they just signed is good for six years. Sometimes they're longer, sometimes they're shorter, but it's a, actually it's a seven-year agreement, but you can opt out after six years. So my guess is in six years, they're probably going to do a new one. But, yeah. but anyway, so that's what the agreement is, and, and it covers a lot of different things. Uh, CBAs are generally, you'll find those in all sports, but it could cover stuff from rules of the game to how contracts are structured yeah. um dress code i mean you name it it's it's in here and these are like you said it's like the rules that the players and the owners need to follow yeah. so it's not always about the owners saying you know we want this we want that they have to uh, agree between themselves and the players and there's a lot of compromising going on between the two right <laughs> so i'm going to start with the first one and yeah. this is one that actually um did not uh, pass, I guess is the best word to say it, is you talked about this before with me about yeah. the one and done rule. Yeah, yeah. And they decided to put that on the table. They did not uh, make, they did not change it, basically. So yeah. the one and done, which is, if, for those who don't know, well, why don't you explain it? Yeah, oh, well, the one and done rule basically means that you have to be one year removed from high school before you can enter the NBA draft. And the reason this rule was put into place was to protect protect the product. They didn't want high schoolers coming out of high school and not being developed enough to play at the highest level. And so we've seen a lot of whiffs with drafts that go towards high school players. But the idea was you're still going to be able to find the Kobe's and I'm blanking. Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett, obviously, um, are still going to be able to find their way to the NBA. But they'll only be a little bit better if we give them one more year to develop. And traditionally... These players have chosen to go to college, and it's become this system of the one and done. It was actually, I believe it was termed to buy college. That's what they called it. Um, In the present day, we have a couple other ways that players have gone. Brandon Jennings, who was drafted by the Bucks years ago, actually went to Europe and played there for a year. And now we have uh, the G League, where players get signed to the Ignite team, and they can actually play in an NBA system and be coached by NBA coaches but they're in the G League making money. I believe the contracts can be like $250,000 a year, depending. Right. Um, but the big reason, I, I, not to jump right into it, forgive me for doing this, mm-hmm. one of yeah. the reasons that I saw that I actually thought made perfect sense to not move the one-and-done rule is they just can't pay players the way the college can. And can you imagine <laughs> saying wow. that right now? That's just, just saying, saying yeah. that is, is so... It doesn't even register with me. Like, yeah. you can get paid more in college. You're not supposed to be paid in college, yeah. but now you are. It's because like... imagine you only have 15 players on a roster, and you're Kentucky, and you haven't won a title. Like, there was a stat that went out there. Kentucky's won one title 
since I believe it was 1999 when UConn's won five. Wow. Right? And what do we think of Kentucky versus UConn? Yeah, right. They need a star. They need that next guy. The biggest player that I can remember that they were drafted, I'm like, "Mm, this guy could be something cool, is Jamal – or excuse me, Anthony Davis was probably Mm -hmm. the first one that I remember. And then uh, Jamal Murray with the Denver Nuggets was another where I remember hearing he could shoot both hands. He could do both. (laughs) Um, Didn't end up that way. But that being said – Colleges can offer up to one, two, three. We don't know what the ceiling is. Right. So we're going to start seeing players most likely jump into college because of NIL rules, name, image, and likeness, and get paid there because you're going to be seen more so in college and you'll play less games. Let me ask you this. Do you think some players may opt to stay in college, even though they're good enough to play in the NBA? Mm -hmm. Are they going to be like, hey, I got it pretty good here? Or do you really think they want to get to the NBA as quick as they can? I think, well, one of the things that I can tell you is that coaches do advise players that they know they're super talented Mm -hmm. to leave. One of my favorite stories is Coach Calipari. I know that's not a name that you're like, well, favorite. Right. Um, But Calipari, I believe he was at UMass, encouraged one of his best players to jump right away simply because a year and a half later, he was playing for the Cavs, and he blew out a knee, and his career was over, right? But he had that first contract. Yes. So the idea is coaches, most of the time, I say most, are looking at players and saying, you know what, it's good for our program, even if they come here for one year, because they're jumping onto something greater, and at least we got a year than nothing. Sure, sure. But we also got to take care of this kid because that's what's going to sell it. Right. So if you jump to the league and I know you're ready, I'm going to push you there. Okay. Because you need that contract. This is your livelihood. And if this is what you want to do as a profession, we need to get you there as soon as possible so you can start making an income. Okay. Um, now, that might change with NIL because, for example, if right. a player like, let's say, Sonogo, who just won um, with UConn, he looks like he might be a second-round pick. Right. Like the perimeter shot isn't is consistent enough to be a first rounder. I don't know if he'll be a second rounder. Um, looks that way with his resume. What if he stays one extra year? Right. And he gets even better. Right. And he still gets paid. Well, now that first deal when you go into the NBA might just be that much bigger. Right. So you could be paid more in college than you would be as a second round draft pick. Mm. So there's more options now for players, which is a good and a bad thing in a lot of ways. I tend to lean more towards the good because you're giving more security to players where we were dealing with a world where there was so much unsecurity, uh, insecurity, right. nothing's tied down. So players acted really frantically and made rash decisions. Mm-hmm. Scalabissier was one of my favorites that left too early. He was just too early and he was out of the league like that. Skill set wasn't right. Wow. Um, and now I think there's more incentive for players to take their time because you're going to be able to make your money and you're going to be able to develop and eventually you're going to be able to make that big contract. Okay. And let me just put a little, little kind of, yeah, sorry, I nerded out there. No, on that's you. okay. This is great. <laughs> little context around this thing. So the rule that is currently in place and was carried over from the old CBA to the new one says a player must be 19 years of old during the year they were drafted and one year removed from high school. So that's what it was before. It's yeah. still that today. Nothing changed there. Yeah. All right. I know. Also, I think I said before that I would have removed this rule just to see what would yeah, happen. Yeah, right. And with these NIL rules, now that I'm kind of getting into them and deeper, mm-hmm. it is fascinating. I would like to watch that more. I might press pause on that decision. <laughs> I believe I said that on the commissioner podcast. Sure. But all the same, like I'd love to see what would happen as a thought experiment. But I do think these NIL rules, as much as we were terrified of them in a lot of ways, yeah. I know I, I certainly was really hoping they'd come in for a lot of reasons for football. Right. 
they might do better for basketball than football. Maybe. maybe and yeah. who knows? But they definitely are looking more promising than guys jump into the G League. Right. And we haven't seen Scoot Henderson play. Right. He's going to probably be the second or third pick in the draft. We know Miller from Alabama far better than we know Scoot. Mm-hmm. When I look at the tape, I'm amazed by Scoot. And Miller's great, too. Sure. But no one's seeing this guy. So I think that if you allow guys to go to college basketball, that's where most of them want to play. You right. want to play in school. You want to be able to show off and be in the March Madness bracket. Yes. You want to be able to be there and be a part say, of that tradition. Like that you get way more attention yeah. and press than it's the huge. G League. Like, yeah, and you yeah. can become a legend. Like, right. Oh, yeah. I always think of like um, Bernard King and Ernie Grunfeld at Tennessee. Those yeah. guys, <laughs> both from New York, yeah. and they're going to Tennessee and Knoxville. They're still legends. You can go down there and you'll see the three O up on the side of buildings and yeah. stuff, right? Well, we just talked about the Fab Five in Michigan. Yeah, like, yeah, those exactly. Those guys are heroes there. Yeah, right? still. Was, what, 30 one's years coaching ago? the team. Like, <laughs> right? yeah, of course he hit a guy and he still gets to coach the team. Like, yeah, they're they're yeah. definitely getting. Uh, there's a different side to this yep. when you get to be at a college program and there's a connection that's a little bit deeper in the basketball, um, just culture when yeah. you go to certain schools. Let's move on to the next one. This yeah. next one is probably my my favorite part of the whole new CBA. I, really? When I saw this, I was like, thank goodness. <laughs> so the NBA is capping the spending of high payroll teams. Interesting. What that translates to is you can't go out and buy a championship. You can't mm-hmm. say, I'm going to find the best three or four players in the league, pay them a ton of money, and now they're on my team. Yeah. It's the super team, right? We talked about the super teams. Yes. And this is really the NBA saying, eh, we don't really want that anymore. We want, we don't want it to be year in, year out. It's always <laughs> these two or three teams. Yeah. Um, I think that's the beauty of the NFL is that right. every year you, I mean. It's yeah, really random. It's kind of random, and that makes it fun, right? Yeah. You, every year your team has a shot, right? Yeah. Well, and <laughs> so. to, to only back you up too, the last CBA – that went through, they didn't even think about really the cap situation that they were about to hit. Right. And because of that, it opened up another like $80 million for Durant to jump to Golden State. Right. The next year, in fact, the summer of that CBA. Mm-hmm. And they kind of threw their hands up in the air like, well, yep. shoot. Yeah, <laughs> like, what right. are we going to do? You know, different word, I'm yes. sure. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think this is a really interesting rule too. And let me just throw something out to you because okay. this is off the top of my head. Cause right. I, I like where you're going with it. Uh-huh. Um, I, I don't super teams are the life force of the NBA, right? We had magic and the, uh, and showtime Lakers. Yeah. However, they didn't get to the point of golden state and right. they didn't get to the point of Cleveland where they were spending so much to kind of perfectly surround LeBron in that way. You right. almost looked at these teams like they had no fault. Right. Um, right. But I think of like Mikhail, Parrish, Bird. Yeah. Like these are what carry a lot of our interest yeah. forward. As things stand, we still have the ability to pair super players up with each other, maybe two, maybe three. Yeah. But going into that four, that five, or that six, yeah. the way that the Warriors did, I'm going to say they had five, right? Because wow. they were able to throw out that small ball. Yeah. Iguodala, even though he's not a star, one of the best role players, even though he was a fallen star, I say, quote unquote, mm-hmm. after his years um, with Denver and certainly with the 76ers. Right. The thing that jumps out to me here is actually this makes a really clear path for expansion that you have to develop the players you have. Right. So if you have minimal cast space and you can't go out and sign that next big fish, you have to think about the guys that you're drafting mm-hmm. and all of a sudden those picks, yeah. as valuable as, as they are, and they are incredibly valuable. Right. If you're Golden State and you have Kaminga and you have Moody, I'm looking at those guys a little differently now. Right. 
So if you had an expansion franchise, I think this actually can help because it means I can sign a player for massive a massive contract, and then the guys that I'm developing, everyone else is in the same boat as me. Yeah. Versus other teams that have a culture of buying one, buying yes. buying a team, versus growing a team. The Spurs growing are a, a growing team. team. Yes. Memphis is a growing team. I'll even throw Minnesota in there. Yeah. But Cleveland grew a team. But there's other franchises that don't do that, and, and so yeah. it, it's kind of a cool way to say. Yes, they have a limit on what they can spend, mm-hmm. but my mind immediately goes to there's a lot of angles here that show me at least we are still thinking about expansion and we need to put some new rules and how spending goes yes. if we're going to truly expand in a way that keeps the league at an equal value across the table. Okay, fair enough, and, and I, I agree. And I, I think that to have a team that has more or less the same roster year in and year out for five years. Yeah. And that's great. I, yeah. I, I think that's great. It, it, the community learned, gets to know the players. It's yeah. not like a revolving door. And uh, Well, so. in this Warriors surge, not to take us in a weird direction here before we jump to the next thing, mm-hmm. they overpaid guys that were declining. They stayed loyal to their right. players. Right. And good for them. Right? That's chemistry. It shows yeah. good faith. It shows good faith to fans and players alike. And you know what? They're still winning. Yep. They still are winning. They develop and culture build, and they find their way out of tricky situations. And there is some luck. There's always going to be some luck. Yep. But work with what you have first before you go and splash the pot. Okay. Let's move on. This next one, I think, is also a great addition to the CBA. Yes, um, I saw this one, too. Yeah, we talked about this before, but yeah. um, there will be a games played minimum for postseason awards. So this all ties into the resting, right? Resting yeah. guys. What do they call it? The um, load management. The load management, right? Yeah. Um, and they basically are saying, look, if you want to be eligible for an all-NBA team or an MVP award or anything like that, you need to play at least 65 games. Which I love this idea. <clears throat> I, I think it's great. I, I will say there's this article that came out, I believe it was two days ago, by Baxter Holmes at ESPN awesome article if you get a chance to read it it's Mm -hmm. really good about how he makes the argument load management probably is never going away because it works right if you have these incredible assets let's pretend i'm a general manager and i'm also a coach and i'm coming to you and you're the owner and i say hey i've got lebron james and he's 32 years old we have a really nice team around him but he's a little banged up but if we get him to the postseason we could do really well what are you going to do Probably rest them. <laughs> Probably rest them. It works. Yeah. And that's the sad reality yeah. of it. It's not fun to admit right. that it works. Yeah. But I do think that this is like a small baby step to making something better where if we do have players like Joel Embiid or a Giannis, where we can kind of shift the culture back towards these awards matter. Yeah. And we want them to matter. And right. we want you to play. And we want you to take your place in history. Mm-hmm. And if you're not playing a lot, you're not going to be able to he- be held to those standards of the guys you revered that got you into basketball in the first place. I do think culturally it could change kind of the dynamic of how we look at players and how players look at themselves and their mm-hmm. culture and their legacy overall. Yeah. Um, it's really exciting. I, I like this. I actually like this even more than the, the positionless award um, for the team. I know right. I do like that. Some yeah. people hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, I, I really think you need to give players that are willing to commit to playing the games and showing up for your brand the honor and the reward of being held and adding stuff to their legacy with these awards. Yep. And just as a footnote to that, typically if you make the all NBA team, when your contract renewal comes up, that's a 
huge that's a huge plus deal for you. Yeah. first team second team or third team right. and the hope eventually will be that things will balance out and right. it is the best 15 players in the league right. are getting that opportunity and it allows for competition yeah okay moving on the next thing and i love this this is <laughs> i love this idea this, so the cba it, knocked it out of the park oh for you, they man. sure i'm did. glad yeah so the NBA is implementing an in-season tournament, mm. which I was like, that totally surprised me. I didn't even <laughs> think it was up for discussion. But what they want to do is basically do an in-season tournament that starts in November, mm. and <clears throat> they'll do pool play games, and that which is part of the regular season schedule, right? Yeah. And then um, they be, start that at the beginning of November. Eight teams advance to a single elimination tournament in December. So it's a kind of a cool way to like kick off the season. Like gotcha. we're, we're, it's kind of like the NBA's March Madness, right? Okay. Get everyone hooked into it. And then they said the final four, quote unquote, would be at a neutral site, probably in Vegas. That's what they're talking about. Mm. Um, but again, these games count toward your regular season standings. Interesting. So the two finalists, the two final teams would actually, if they, well, they would ultimately play 83 games. Um, of regular season games. So there is that where mm-hmm. some teams are going to play one more game than others, but it's only one more game, right? Yeah. But um, anyway, I just think that's a really cool idea. I never saw that coming, and I think, wow, that would be a really cool way for them to start off the season. Yeah, it might be really fun. It capitalizes on one of the three most watched periods of the NBA, <laughs> which is the beginning, the last like week of the, of the regular season right. and then the playoffs. So, yeah. so if you put that in there, it makes sense that the eyes would be upon people and that players might feel a little more obligated to play their best. Yeah. I do worry about the prize. That's the big thing. Yeah. Like the incentive, prize money. Yeah. the incentive isn't all there. And I know it's like cash and the crown. Yeah. Um, it would be cool if, you know, if, if this was a mid season, maybe it locked you into a certain like order of seating right. or just something really something relevant. Else. Yeah. Um, or the winner gets to choose who they play regardless of See, how they finish the season. Yeah, like that. that would be something kind of cool to have this back yeah. card where I would like to see the team that wins the championship most likely should be winning the midseason tournament too, right. like as a preview. Or we should see a finals preview too. Right. Um, I, I've got a little ways to go. I like that you like it. I'm like <laughs> 50-50. I got some suspicion about it. All right. I just um, think that. Good idea though. And you've brought this up before. Nobody wants to compete with the NFL. No. So when the NBA starts their season in October, November, that's right in the middle. Of yeah. The, like, who's even watching, right? Exactly. So it's like either don't even play then or do something that's going to pull people away from the yeah, NFL. Yeah, exactly. The numbers are only right. getting better for right. the NFL. They went up again for the third year in a row last year. Yeah. There's no reason to be playing there right now. It just doesn't make sense when you have all the time in the world later. So the last one I want to touch on is this one that's actually been in place, but they've updated it a little bit. So I've just, I'm just learning about this, but it's a two-way contract. Mm. It's an update to how they handle two-way contracts. So what they're allowing now are teams to carry three players on a two-way contract. Oh, cool. So why don't you explain what a two-way contract is? Because I honestly didn't know <laughs> until I read this. Um let me dust off, dust off the cobwebs. Okay. Um, if I remember, it allows for players. It's NBA and G League affiliate. I'm sorry, I'm reading like just yeah. a, re- a refresher, but basically it allows for players to be brought up from the G League, but 
but also be moved back down to the G League. So the players are held in the rights of both teams, and they're able to slide in between both if they're needed. Is it like kind of the minor leagues in baseball where exactly. you bring guys up and down? Okay, Exactly, yeah. And it allows for teams to say, like, we're not signing you to a full contract, but you're still going to maintain a job whether you're with us or with whether you're with them. Because it means you're either one of the best players on the G League team or you're one of our lower players on our so, roster. And they might bring someone up if someone gets hurt or something? Maybe? Exactly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so generally when two-way contracts are pulled out is really in, in two different situations. Either your team's doing very, very well and you want to start resting your starters and you want to start seeing what other guys you could develop. Mm-hmm. That happens all the time. Sure. Uh, otherwise, you're doing very poorly and you want to see, again, what kind of players do you have in your G League because the guys that you have right now aren't exactly playing up to par. Yeah. So it's a quick way. Or you just have injuries and you're like, you know what? The season's not going our way. Let's pull some two-way guys up and just see what we see can what run. See what they're made of, right? Yeah, yeah. Like Alex Caruso is a great two-way player that eventually got signed by the Lakers. Was an integral part of their championship. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple other two-way players. I see Max Struess is on that, yeah. um, as well as Duncan Robinson. Right. I completely forgot Duncan Robinson was a two-way player, actually, okay. because of the massive contract he has right now. But you can find great players. Uh, Jose Alvarado, I believe, yeah, is another. Yeah, the Pelicans, yep. Oh, you got him. Look at you. You got him on the list already. <laughs> Lou Dort, that's another great Lou name. Lou Dort, yeah. Yeah, it's a great way to seek out and say, all right, we have the rights to 15, 20 other guys right now. Right. Are we ever going to play them? Like, right. what are we doing with them? Right. Put them on a two-day or a two-way contract or a 10-day contract, and let's just play and see what we have. Perfect. I love that. Okay. So that's one thing the NBA added. They added yeah. team. They allowed teams now to carry up to three an- players. So. Another thing to throw out there. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, uh, an expansion rule. If we're going to have more rosters, we need more players. Yes. So let's allow more flexibility for those rosters. And I think the NBA, and I don't want to say they're dangerously close, but they need... Well, they're developing new talent. I get that, but yeah. they need to stay on top of that because yeah. if they expand even into one or two markets, every team is going to be you know, watered down, right? And you yeah, just, you just can't have a. They go from having product. three great players to two. You right. know? It's, 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 it's funny, but it is weird. Like we're used yeah. to seeing loaded rosters. That's right. a normal thing. So I agree with you. Yeah, so. they have to. They they're in this golden era where almost every single team has a player where you're like, I like that guy. That yeah. guy's really fun. Right, Laurie Marketing. On the Jazz, who would have thought? Yeah. Kessler on the Jazz. Right. I like them. I like that team. Um, you go down to Orlando. They could have been a playoff team. They mm-hmm. had really good talent. Yeah. They're not going to make the playoffs. The Rockets have great talent. They're just the the, the personality in the locker room is not right. Right. But there's plenty of talent in this league. Where if we move some of these teams ten years back or twenty years back, like to the early two thousands. They'd be like middling great franchises. Wow. They'd be doing great. Like I look at this Rockets team, and I'm amazed sometimes by yeah. the scoring and the length. They're not well coached, and there's other stuff going on. But get the right headspace in there. It looks like a 2000s team that could have been prominent. Okay. Um. But yeah, you're right. If you if you expand even just two teams to keep the league balanced, you do have to water down the league. And yeah. a really talented league, still that'll feel like a shift, and you yeah. need to continue to develop. And really preach, you know, the lessons that you've learned over the past 10, 12, 15 years right. with how players are aging in your league to keep them around, like your Bronze and your yes. Durants and your even your Westbrook, surprisingly, yeah. you know, his knees haven't gone. That's yeah. amazing. So to be able to maintain some roster flexibility to allow you to develop, but also maintain, you know, good medical practice, good resting practice, and make sure your players and your assets are still around for a long time. Yeah, totally agree. So... 
Well, that kind of rounds out the highlights of the CBA. Um, and I just wanted to run those by you and get your take on them. So that was great. Yeah, I tried to stay away from it. I'm not going to lie. I saw some of it. Uh, yeah. I tried to study up before coming in here. But you know what? I always like when we have these discussions and I get surprised yeah. a little bit. And especially basketball being one of my favorite sports. Yeah. Um, we were looking at the CBA for a long time. and. Right. Uh, we should address one thing. The elephant in the room is that we don't know all the details, and we won't try to know all the details on, mm-hmm. is the money's going to be very different. With the new TV contracts. With the new TV contracts. Yeah. And this is the preemptive like arrangement, which will lead into the biggest negotiation maybe the NBA's ever had. Wow. And Is that up this year or next year? I, I can't remember exactly. Okay. It's coming here pretty quick. Okay. And that always has loomed over this right now because one of the articles that I was reading about this that we didn't go over today, and I'm kind of mm-hmm. glad we didn't, sure. is that one of the things that remains the same is the 50-50 split. Right. Players make half, owners make half. And if a year is really good, players make 51. Right. Right? And yeah. it's it's still a balance between these two. And it feels like a league that even though it has bad moments where you see players and there's just a lot of exposure that players are getting mm-hmm. and owners too, right? right. We're, we're getting a lot of that. Um, there still feels like a normal balance within the league that feels healthy. Like it's going to last and it's be, it's in a good spot in a way that it wasn't around 2000. Right. It wasn't there 20 years yeah. ago, which is kind of amazing to say. Right. Uh, that being said, I think I foresee a lot of changes coming down the line. Wow. Um, even within the next 15 years. And maybe we could talk about that later for another day because we've had a really good discussion about this. It got a chance for me to nerd out a bit. That was great. And and again, with the new TV contracts coming up and all these changes that are coming in for next year, the game is going to look different. Yeah. And I think for good, hopefully for good. I hope so too. (laughs) So We're rooting for it as sports fans. Yeah. So, all right. Awesome. Well, is there anyone, I kind of want to just run this one question by you. Is there anything that you absolutely love or you think is absolutely dumb? We got to stick with the show parameters here. <laughs> okay. I love the the in-season tournament. I think okay. that would be just a great way to start the season. It's mm. it's like a March Madness feel. It would be very cool. Yeah. Um, love that one. Um, and, I mean, honestly, all these I, I like a lot. I love yeah. the, cat, the, the hopefully getting rid of these super teams. Um, the one and done thing, you know, I with the – NIL stuff in college now where basically college players are going to get paid. Um, I don't know what to think. Of. I'm going to, I guess we'll have to wait until it all shakes out, but yeah. um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of young guys coming into the NBA because yeah. we see a lot of their careers. Well, we talked about Chris Webber, right? Yeah. We were just talking about Chris Webber not long just, ago. His maturity wasn't there. He just wasn't yeah. ready for the NBA. Yeah. And it's like, you know, if somebody's 22 instead of 19, now you're taking a few yeah. years off his career, but Maybe they're ready by then. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a tough one to negotiate and figure out because you're dealing with something that's not basketball related, which is just right. a human yeah. situation. Right. We all develop differently. And if you throw $20 million at some of these young yeah. kids, like, sometimes bad things happen. Yeah, they or do. bad things happen around their family. And we yeah. saw that with like John Morant a little bit right. where family didn't always behave the best way either. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's really, I, I yeah. think that's good. I actually agree with you on a lot of these two. I, I have a lot of good thoughts about most of these rules i would say the only one that i think is a little middling is the tournament i'm worried about it in a lot of ways okay um we'll split the vote on that one i'm gonna hope that you're right on that and then i I guess i'm trying to think i I do like the two-way contract slots i think that's going to be kind of interesting because we have had so many 
two-way players that have become right. prominent players within yeah. the past like four years. And they needed that two-way contact. Yeah. They had to develop in the G League. Yeah. They weren't ready. They right? weren't ready. Yeah. And that's the beauty of basketball. Right. Sometimes it just kind of happens. Yep. Um, but awesome. Well, thank you for cool. pulling this up. Thanks for walking sure. us through it. And thank you for letting me ramble. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> awesome. Um, well, any parting thoughts before we head out? No, I think that's it. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to get in contact with the show or listen to past podcasts, visit our website at that'sadumrule.com. Otherwise, tune in next time for another Dumb Rule.